Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome back to hour number two of The Huddle. It's 11.08. Glad to be with you on this Sunday morning. We went very, very heavy on the NFL draft in the first hour of the program today. If you missed any of it, you can get our co- our podcast uh, wherever you get your podcast. Just uh, go ahead, head over there, or you can get it on the free Odyssey app as well. Um, so, so now we turn our sights a little bit, Pete, to the week that was. Uh, the Wolves uh-huh. and the Wild both being bounced in the first round of the playoffs. And we spoke a little bit about this earlier uh, in hour number one. But the Wild and the Wolves... Uh, both teams, obviously, it's a disappointing finish for both. When you talk about who had the better chance, or and, and when, I, when I talk about this, I mean the entire, the kind of totality of the season, uh, mm-hmm. which team disappointed more? And I know we talked about the Wild a bit. We said that that was very disappointing just because of the way they were finishing, they were playing well. But when you look at expectations of the team from the beginning of the season, I don't think a lot of people thought the Wild were – Stanley Cup contenders, right? I mean, they just, mm-hmm. you know, they have the salary cap issues, obviously, with the buyouts of Parisian Suter. And they, at that point, no one had any idea what they were going to get out of Philip Gustafson. He's been a pleasant surprise. They certainly have to resign him. But when I think about the Timberwolves and the promise they had with, with a big trade where they bring in Rudy Gobert, and now they have Gobert, mm-hmm. and they have Ant, and they have Carl Anthony Towns, we never saw any of them together. When we did see, rarely, when we did see mm-hmm. them together, it, it wasn't spectacular. Uh, I was reading an article a little while ago that, that they were basically, what, 500, a 500 team when Cat was in there and the same when he was without. So it, it really, uh, having all of them together isn't, isn't that really big of a deal. Uh, there's an article this morning, I'm reading it right now, on something called heavy.com, which, don't ask me, it came up in my feed. Uh, but it... <laughs> talks about the New York Knicks being interested in Carl Anthony Towns. The Knicks uh, have a great group of young players. They have Tom Thibodeau, obviously. Um, their president is Carl Anthony Towns' former agent, CAA's Leon Rose. Uh, they've got picks. And so now, you know, now it begins, and I think this steam is going to keep going, that there's going to be interest in Carl Anthony Towns this offseason, and, and they can get rid of him after July. And, and you know what? And I say this as a guy who actually likes Big Cat. I, I, I think he is an amazing guy. I think he is, you know, his presence is always there. He's, he, he works hard. But it's just not coming together. And if, if we can make any kind of a blockbuster trade, and, and the Knicks are the right team to go with because they've got the players, they've got the picks, 
they need something, and it's New York. I mean, they can they, they have that ability. It seems like to to always kind of reload and be able to go out and find the next biggest thing. And I think Big Cat would be probably pretty happy about things. And I think we could really come away from something like that that would be really meaningful. I think for the for the Timberwolves. And you know, I'm not saying it's going to be the exact same thing as the Rudy Gobert thing, but it it could be something somewhat close, don't you think, Dave? I mean, a Big yeah. Cat is arguably, you know, he's seven feet tall. He can he can shoot the threes. He does all these wonderful things. But for whatever reason, no matter who's out there, if we've even with all three, or if there's just two of our three big stars, we are a 500 basketball team. So something has to change. And I, I, I you know, I think that it means somebody has to go. And they certainly don't want to get rid of Edwards because he is absolutely right. a superstar in my opinion. And we already made that monster trade. So the odd man out is Big Cat, who actually could give us some great clout. I mean, I think he could really be the guy that, that people would want very badly and maybe over trade for him. And that would be great for the Timberwolves. Give us the depth that we need. And, and you know what? Uh, it's tough to replace Big Cat, but if we can get some other players around our two big guys and, and Nas comes back healthy, I think that we got a pretty daggone good basketball team, better than a 500 team that we were this year. It, it This comes down to, and I know, I know you know this, Pete, but one of the things I think that people have to keep in mind is that when you, trading a player doesn't always mean you don't like that player. It, it ultimately right. means – that they, that that by getting rid of that player, they are your most tradable asset and give you the most bang for your buck, the most in return. It reminds me a lot of the Jason Zucker situation a few years ago with the Minnesota Wild, where it, it wasn't that he was a bad player. It was just that Pittsburgh was willing to, to give the Wild a great deal in return. They were able to get his salary off the books. It was just a win-win for everybody. Pittsburgh needed another playmaker and score. I think this is a very similar situation. It's not that the Timberwolves don't love the way Carl Anthony Towns is playing. I'm not going to talk about him, and you know, I don't know what it's like in the locker room. I, I, I don't, you know, I'm not in there anymore. I don't want to necessarily say things that I don't know. But it's mm-hmm. not that they don't like him as a player. It's just that he doesn't do having him in the lineup, as you said, doesn't change drastically. So why in the world would you hang on to him? Keep paying that money when you can, and and really what they need to do is drastically change the face of this franchise. If you can get a couple of draft picks, especially high draft picks, and really change the way, get get Ant some supporting cast more so than just what they have, I, I don't see a reason why you wouldn't do it unless unless New York tries to absolutely lowball or another team does, and, and that's fine. Uh, but I think it's, to me... It's the only, it is the 1A bullet, whatever you want to call it, that the Timberwolves have in their chamber. It's it's a must to me. They have to get a good deal back, but I really do think it's time for them to move on to Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, and it, and it, and quite honestly, you know, we know that Big Cat, his salary is pretty big. We're talking yeah. about close to $34 million a year. I mean, that's a, that's a big number. And 36 next year. 36 next year. 36 million, yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. And then we got Rudy making about 38. You know, we yeah. all do that already. And Conley's got a nice salary. But, um, yeah, I think that it, it really does give a lot of opportunities for the Timberwolves if the Knicks are willing to make that trade. And it, it, let's be honest, if they're not willing to do it and give us the kinds of things we want, 
then okay, I guess we're relining up with, with, with Big Cat and maybe somebody else comes knocking. I mean, it, I think that there are many, many teams in the NBA who probably feel like the Timberwolves did last year. We're a player away. And, and because of that, somebody out there would definitely want Carl Anthony Towns, whether or not it's the Knicks or somebody else. I think that there are plenty of teams out there that say, hey, look, if we can get this guy, that's the missing piece. And, you know, it's very much like we thought the missing piece was, was being able to get somebody like what we traded for last year in that monster trade with Rudy. But you know what? Somebody else will probably make that trade with us. And I think that really could be meaningful for the Timberwolves because if we can get a little bit more depth and we somehow get something big out of that trade as well, maybe it's one or two guys that are just good enough from a minutes perspective and a foul perspective and all of that, um, we have a lot of the other tools that we, we really need from the scoring standpoint. So. Yep. I really think it could be a great, great move for the Timberwolves. It's it's ultimately their best hand to play, and I, I think we could agree on that. I think it's it's again. There's been many situations we've talked about where uh, th- this is it. Like this is what they can play. This is what's going to help them change and it, it change the face of their franchise. And it's it's crazy to me because I remember when when they got him. You know that the draft party the Timberwolves had, and oh. and Carl Anthony Towns being he was one overall. You know, and, and he comes in. And he's a nice kid. Gosh, he was a nice kid to talk to. And, and and this is nothing about his personality. It's just to me the ebb and flow of sports is always so interesting, and yeah. and to some degree hard hard to understand. You know, it, it's hard to imagine your best players, your biggest players, the ones that have the most fanfare, ultimately not being with the team anymore. But we've seen it so many times. We've seen it. I remember talking to someone in, in a hypothetical years ago and saying, I, I'm telling you at some point, and this is going to be hard to believe, but at some point the Vikings are going to move on from Adrian Peterson. And that was such a crazy statement. But what happened? They moved on. Eventually the Wild are going to move on from Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter. And again, yep. the amount of money they contributed to those two, unbelievable. What happened? And now I think historically we're looking at the same situation with the Timberwolves. Eventually, no matter how much fanfare you come in with, no matter what you do, eventually the time with the team goes. And and I think we're looking at that time with Carl Anthony Towns. And, Dave, I wouldn't compare him, but I would also say somebody like uh, Shaquille O'Neal, right? I mean, yeah. he did not stay his entire career with the Orlando Magic. He played yep. for the Lakers. He played for the Heat. He played for the Suns. He played for Cleveland. He played for Boston. Uh, you know what? And, and we're talking about one of the most dominating figures maybe ever in basketball. And yes. he he did not. It's just where we are in sports. People are not going to be always be that guy, the, the headline of the team, always. And they'll move around a little bit. And Shaq proved that and, and, and many others have as well. Uh, so it, I think that this maybe this cat potential trade would really be something maybe great for cat, but also. It could work great for both. It could be great for the Timberwolves. That's a great point, and it could be really good for Cat. And and that's something that I didn't say. And you're right; it really could. It, it could really kind of rejuvenate his career a little bit because it it's wasn't. I don't think he would even admit that this was the year. Granted, he had injuries that that he wanted to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to give us a call and weigh in on the City's Own Plumbing Talk and Text Line, you can do so six five one four six one nine two two six. I I love the dichotomy of Minnesota sports fans. We have one texter saying Cat mm-hmm. is horrible. Trade him to New York. It's the alpha dog. And the next one says trade cat, trading cat would be comparable to the twins trading Luis Arise. 
Yeah, I mean, there you go. You're opposite ends of the spectrum. I love it. Uh, let's take a quick break. We're going to come back and be joined uh, by Eric Westrom, former NHLer, who is uh, doing a lot of work, has a new book out, and doing a lot of work uh, around mental health in young people, young athletes as well. We're going to chat with him about his book. I want to talk with him about what happens when you go into a playoff game in hockey or, or anything, because he's been there. But what happens? What happens in your mind when you try to make these things seem like it's just one other game when we all know it really isn't? We'll have that conversation in, around the corner. You're listening to The Huddle on 830 WCCO. Welcome back to The Huddle, 11.23 on this Sunday morning. Eric Westrom played for more than a few NHL teams. He's a former gopher. He's the head coach at Holy Family. And he's got a new book out called Becoming Elite. He's also a good friend. Westy, thanks for uh, coming on this morning. Good to have you, buddy. Schwartzy, always good to come on with you. I appreciate, uh, appreciate it. And it's fun to listen to you and Pete uh, go well, on I... about sports in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to ask you, because we, we've talked a lot this morning about uh, teams going into the playoffs and kind of turning into totally different teams, right? The, 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 they play great in the regular season. We get to the postseason, and, and it just doesn't work out. I know you're doing a lot of work. You speak on, on mental health, um, and, and as a player as well. What happens in the postseason? What happens when you're trying to tell yourself this is just a regular game, this is just another game, but it truly isn't another regular season game, right? And, and going through that, how do you perform through that? Well, I think, I mean, to your point, you go about it two different ways. Uh, I've been in both situations where I've gone into it thinking it's bigger than it is, right? Whether there's either high expectations where you're a first seed or you're one of the top teams in the league, so you feel that pressure and you, you kind of change. And you, if you lose a game, you might make a drastic change not only in your mind but also on the field, on the ice. Um, and the opposite is, is when you do well and you see in the teams that are, they don't change what we're doing, and they have that relaxed feeling. I mean, you look at the Bruins and Panthers series right now. It's a perfect example. Everyone thought Boston would run. Uh, they're starting to grip their sticks a lot tighter. They don't even know what they're going to do in the goalie situation, whereas you look at Kachuk and some of those young guns in Florida, I mean, they're having fun. They're flying around, uh, and they're just playing hockey. So I think – the mindset, to your point, around that, depending on how you can control that and be prepared. The more prepared you are, the less nervous you are, the more excitement you have uh, because you've done it you know, consistently either throughout that year or throughout your life. Eric, it's really great, and, it, and I, love, I love the positive mental attitude and, and, and the things that it seems like you're, you stand for. I've not had a chance to read your book, but um, how long have you been – uh, a guy so focused on the mental side of sports along with uh, obviously the athletic side. I mean, I think for me, you know, when I ended my career, in, you know, 2013, 10 years ago around concussions, uh, it really came to light just not only where I was at that present moment, but also kind of flash forward of, you know, where was I and what could I have done better? What did I do well? And then put me in the situation. I mean, I was blessed to be down at the Mayo Clinic, you know, both in Rochester and Scottsdale with some of the best doctors, you know, for about a year and a half. And the resources and the knowledge to be able to take that. And then now, like Dave said, as a coach, kind of a mentor to players and parents, uh, business leaders, to be able to take that knowledge and say, hey, here's what, you know, needs to be done. And it's more honestly about the awareness before it gets to that level of, 
depression, anxiety, suicidal ideology, performance anxiety in sports, you know, the pressures of parents. So it's, it's kind of a twofold, but I'd say especially the last seven years uh, as I got out of that concussion kind of protocol and kind of back into mainstream life, um, which is kind of funny when a pro athlete goes back to mainstream. We've never really been in mainstream because you've been <laughs> on the spotlight since you were like 15 years old. So you've never been an adult um, and lived a normal life. So I think you, it's a huge adjustment. So I think the, mm-hmm. the things from sports you can take to life for sure. Mm-hmm. Former pro hockey player and turned athlete, Eric Westrom, joining us this morning on the John Schuster Coldwell Biker Hotline. Westy, your new book is called Becoming Elite, What It Takes to Transform Your Life Using Four Proven Pillars of Performance. What can people get uh, from your book? And, and we'll also talk a little bit about your event coming up next week. But let's start with the book, Becoming Elite. Uh, what will people glean from reading it? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest part, even when I'm doing speaking engagements or someone's reading the book, is you're not going to reinvent your wheel, right? You're not going to change your whole life by reading a book. But if you can take one, two, or three things out of it, um, you know, the big takeaways I talk about are just a a morning check-in, a midday recalibration, and a nightly pulse. So basically, checking in with yourself in the morning, like waking up, like, am I anxious? Am I excited? Am I nervous? Mm -hmm. You know, where am I? from that and then marking it down and saying, here's what I'm going to do to make sure I can be productive. I can be energetic. I can be positive. And then in the midday, check in on it. Did you do that? And if you didn't, you still have a whole half a day to do it. And then at night, one thing I used to not be good at is celebrate your wins. You know, I always would look as, as a pro athlete, you look at film, what can I do better? But one thing at night, if you can celebrate those wins and then mark the box of what you didn't do as well, and do it again. And, and there's a ton of content, you know, around personal stories, around, you know, stories, you know, with Wayne Gretzky and Peter Laviolette and different guys that, you know, I had the opportunity to interact with um, on what it takes. And when I say becoming the lead, it's just your own version. So it's not being the most powerful, the best athlete, best business person. Um, it's just your version of whatever that looks like. And Dave, you mentioned the event, so I'll, I'll ask you, Eric, what, uh, what, what is the event? I think P.J. Fleck is part of it, but uh, tell us a little bit more about it and when that is. Yeah, and I think, you know, what you guys are doing, um, you know, it's similar, right? Sports is the conduit, and then you talk about sports, you talk about life. So for, for me, it was, a, it was an opportunity to use my platform and use some connections to be able to bring people into a setting to learn more about, you know, personal stories. So it's going to walk us through, we're going to have premier sports psychology that works with, you know, the golfers, the Timberwolves, the twins, Oakland Raiders, youth athletes. They'll be on a panel digging into some questions, especially some hot topics around youth sports, parents, coaches, and business leaders. And then it's going to transform with some current and former pro athletes, Polly Martin, Casey O'Brien, a couple others will be there. And then we'll kind of end it with a bang with, I always call him Mr. Elite himself. PJ Fleck will kind of be bringing it home about his journey, but also just what he preaches and what he talks about and, you know, the learnings and the importance of taking care of yourself first and foremost. So it's an interactive program. It's for all ages. I mean, we have, you know, six, seven-year-olds that'll be there with their parents to, you know, high-powered CEOs and business leaders and um, kind of anyone in between that can can glean something and, and lift that stigma around mental health and say, hey, even if I'm quote-unquote healthy or not along the journey, what can I do to check in 
to make sure I'm looking after myself and, and people around you, whether it's in the workforce, whether it's on your team, or whether it's in your own family. So full disclosure, uh, Westy, you and I have coached together for, for many years, and I'll be a part uh, emceeing the event next week, which I'm excited about. And you've always – you've kind of – well, I'll say you've always been this guy, right, for, from coaching. Uh, we've coached for years at the high school level, and I've learned – had a chance to learn from you and your dad, Pat. But just how you empower athletes, right? You, you've always coached the kids more than you have the game itself, Um how does that fit into the whole picture of mental health about setting up your athletes as a coach or as a leader to be their authentic, their authentic selves and, and perform the best that they can? Yeah. And that's a great question. I think when I look at it, you know, the, the coaches I learned the most from, you know, did that to me, right. They put me in a chance to succeed, but they'd also give you that confidence and awareness. And then ask, also ask you about kind of what's going on in your life. And I think, you know, using a quick, short example, a kid I had on a team, you know, in the recent years, you know, was was not playing well. You could tell he was emotionally distraught, just didn't know what was going on, sleep-deprived, depression, anxiety, a lot of different things, and asked a couple questions uh, and found out what direction he was going, went and, you know, saw somebody, started to get some help, and all of a sudden, you know, fast forward X amount of months and years later, he's one of the top players, you know, in Minnesota at his age. Um, and it was tremendous to see this and to be able to witness it, and that kind of solidified what you were talking about, Dave, is the ability to have those conversations. Hockey, you know, baseball, football, basketball, anything, that's, that's awesome. It's great to win. It's great to be recognized for, as an athlete. But when you have the ability to change people's lives through a mindset uh, and their mental health, and when I look at that, that is the most important job as a coach and as a parent. So to be able to do that, be able to be blessed to do that for a long time and learn from my mom and dad, you know, along the way. I think it's uh, it's it's something I feel like I've been called to do. Uh, and like you said, started the book last June, published it in January, and decided to create this event. Uh, <laughs> you know, go go big or go home, right? So that's it's, right. Uh, it's going to be an amazing yeah, it's going to be an amazing experience. And um, looking forward to it down here in Prior Lake at you know the Mystic Lake Showroom on on May seventh. Mystic Lake Showroom. The book is called Becoming Elite. EricWestromBook.com is where you can get the book as well as get more information uh, on the event next week. Westy, thanks for coming on. Good to talk with you, man. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. You guys are doing an awesome job, and uh, have a good rest of the day. All right, Westy. Eric Westrom, thanks so much. Again, uh, more information on EricWestromBook.com. We will step aside, take a quick break, and the huddle will continue. You're listed at 830 on WCCO. (laughs) <laughs> no commentary on this song right another one bites the dust love it welcome back to the huddle Eleven thirty-eight. uh we're taking up taking you up to inside twins i believe charlie at noon and then yep. uh twins pregame first pitch is at 1 10 p.m twins royals uh target field if you're going uh bring some long underwear or layers just because you're gonna you know you're just gonna roll through all of it here uh <laughs> Great conversation with Eric Westrom. Last segment, uh, give you the podcast information uh, at the end of the show here. If you're interested in his event, make sure uh, you check out. 
worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. The website is becomingeliteevent.com if you're interested in the event. Uh, Pete, this, uh, let's see, it was yesterday, I think it was yesterday. The Dallas Cowboys drafted... Um, a, I think it was a running back, right? A running back who is yep. the son of one mm-hmm. of their scouts, like their head scout, I believe. Or, mm-hmm. And I was, um, whoop, we lost Dave again. Keeps doing that to us. Uh, he, he yeah, was talking. You to, yeah, he was talking. Start here. Oop, there, there he is. There Dave, he is. we missed you a little bit. Did I did I drop out? He did. Yep, dropped out there oh, for a second. I'm sorry, I didn't say anything good. Um, is it, it? Let's just start here. Is it a good idea? Because I think he was a sixth round pick, fifth or sixth. Is it a good idea to draft the kid of someone in your organization? Because if he if it doesn't go well, this mm-hmm. could have implications, don't you think? Yeah. Although I'll add this to that uh, that question. Um, this is a sixth round pick, not a first or second. You know, something really high up. Let's say even third round. But you know, you start getting down to the sixth. And by the way, this kid was deserving. I, I mean, yes. this, this kid's numbers are off the charts. And, and he goes by the nickname Deuce. But he played at Kansas yes. State, had a great career there. Thirty six hundred yards and thirty four touchdowns with twelve hundred yards receiving. This kid's only five foot five and 180 pounds, but he's solid. He's very, very quick and had a great game against Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. So, you know, I think he checks all the boxes of a guy who's very deserving. And despite the fact that he, and his father, at least that this is what we heard and we were told and written about is he stepped away every single time they yeah. had any conversation having anything to do with his son. And so yep. that was all Dallas Cowboys and the ownership and everybody else. And I think they were, they were so excited and proud that they were able to do this because the kid, you know, he could have gone even a little bit earlier. He didn't. And there he was. And probably size was, was a slight issue because of his height sure. and all. But I'll tell you what, uh, Dave, when I was playing linebacker, whether it was college or the NFL, with all those big human beings on the field and they're bigger now than they were, 
uh, you got a five foot five inch running back. It's actually an advantage, I think. I mean, I, yeah. I can't tell you the number of times I was playing against teams like Iowa, for instance, with John Alt, whose son is going to be maybe the first pick in next year's draft from Notre Dame. But I'll tell you what, uh, you, you can't see the running backs behind them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. These guys are big, huge human beings. And this year, you know, we saw all those offensive linemen go in the first round, and, and they're all gigantic. They're all amazingly talented, and they're athletic, more so than they've ever been. And if you've got a little squirt behind them who can kind of shift around and make those moves and has the speed and still has enough weight, um, I think this kid could end up being somebody who is used more for Dallas than people would expect if he can make the team. And I think, he, I think he's got all of the, you know, every, everything you'd want athletically to be a heck of a running back in the NFL. So it, I thought it was exciting. I know there was a lot of tears, a lot of excitement, and um, I thought yeah. it was a very, very cool story. It was, it was a great moment, um, mm-hmm. and there's great video, if you haven't seen it, on, on Twitter uh, of – the coach, the scout, rather be Chris Vaughn, being told that they're taking his son, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. They hug him. There's tears. Jerry Jones said, uh, "Quote: I've never had an experience like that in the draft room." Now that's a big that's a big statement, right? And and yeah. you have to admit, you have to figure that they probably went all around this. Is this really what we want to do? And and you're right. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they don't sign Zeke, you know, if they don't bring back Zeke, they have mm-hmm. some room there. They they do have some room mm-hmm. and maybe maybe this kid who's who's five foot five uh, who's clearly um, someone who's had to fight for everything. I mean, if you, if you're that small and you're still making it, you battled pretty quickly. I actually thought um, the NFL draft this year had some really really cool moments. Some things that I uh-huh. thought that they really did well. Just to kind of mm-hmm. I don't want to shift the conversation too much, but I I loved I loved the present you know the the walk up of the players where they come out yeah. they get their hat they look in like that was very very cool i love the whole bear hugging roger goodell thing i'll never get tired of that i i loved loved that kid whose name escapes who's a make a wish kid came up and got to announce the jets pick and he went for it which was fantastic it, it was it was great the yeah. only thing i didn't like and i i tweeted about this was a really odd turn after, and I think it was after the Vikings pick. No, excuse me, not the Vikings pick, mm-hmm. the, the Packers pick. Um, mm-hmm. And they went to the, and I think it was ESPN, and I'm, this isn't a good, but they go and they interview the Jonas Brothers. Like, <laughs> what is that about? Other than that, the draft, everything about it, top to bottom, was fantastic. But what yeah. were the Jonas Brothers doing there? Yeah, that that was interesting, wasn't it? I, I, I don't know the answer to that either, Dave. Uh, maybe Charlie does. But I will say this. Um, to your point, uh, this the ratings were outrageous. And I'll give you a couple of numbers because I'm always, I'm always looking these things up when I do the, the Rebel's Edge thing with my brother. And, and numbers are always a part of what we're doing with sports. And how about this? The NBA playoffs, they're at 12-year highs, okay? And they're all excited about that. And they've got 4 million people. Well, they had a total, the unduplicated audience is what they called it, 34 million people watching the NFL draft. Gosh. So they're watching the draft over the NBA playoffs. Now, there's other numbers that say 11 million, whatever it might be, 12 million. Uh, so, in mm-hmm. other words, three times bigger minimum, and uh, the third highest they've ever had because 2020 was huge, I think, because of COVID and everything else, and then 2021, it dipped back a little bit, and it's right around the same level there. It's a little bit below that. But 
So third all time, but it, it just shows you the excitement that people have for the NFL. I mean, it is, it is like nothing else in sports. It's just amazing. And, you know, they did so many things right. Um, you know, the first round, my only negative was I really did want us to do something different with our pick. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, you know, and, and I said that last year, too. Uh, you know, I, I felt like we really needed that big defensive tackle from Georgia. Yeah. Uh, we didn't do it. Philadelphia got him. Now now the kid's sitting there. He's already been to a Super Bowl. And then he's, his friends have all joined him now <laughs> up in Philadelphia yeah. as well. But uh, but but outside of that, yeah, I think they do an outstanding job. And, and you know, Goodell does a, a, a pretty good job of being the good guy. You know, he comes off as a pretty good guy there. I'm not sure everybody views him that way, but I think for that one night they do, except for the fans who usually boo him almost on yeah, every yeah. call. Which, which is incredible. I mean, th- there is truly no no one out there like Roger Goodell who can be both the villain and the goat, you know, the greatest of all time, in, in, in one calendar year. Um, mm-hmm. The NFL is, and we've talked about this, is so good at making at dominating the sports calendar from year to year mm-hmm. to year, and and where the draft started from a stuffy hotel co- in a hotel conference room to now the spectacle that it is. I love. I I thought it was great this year. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a lot of time to fill. It's a lot of research on the TV side. I'm sure. They have great stories everywhere. They always put that one guy, and I had an agent tell me this one time, and I've noticed it every single year now. I had an agent tell me. They always put one guy, they bring one guy, either in the green room or wherever he is, that they know is going to fall throughout the mm-hmm. first round so that they can keep going back to him. <laughs> and poor Will Levis. Boy, he was that guy this year. Aaron Rodgers was it back you know, when he was drafted. They always have one and because they, they create that drama. Which is is just spectacular, and, and nobody does it better, right? I mean, they just yeah. they create the drama, and you know, we all thought maybe he would go differently. Maybe ESPN knew, maybe he didn't. But uh, it, once I heard that, when I had an agent tell me that one time, I've, I've noticed it every year. There's always someone who's sitting there. Oh, you know, the, we should have we should have really thought he would have been gone by the by the tenth pick this time. Well, he's still there at eighteen. Well, now he's there at the end of the first round. <laughs> The, the other thing that I took away from the draft, and, and I watched it literally every single uh, pick, but I'll tell you, um, Illinois, Iowa, throw in Wisconsin, those teams had a lot of guys, especially Illinois, on the defensive side particularly, that were just extremely high picks and really, really impressive to see what the Big Ten really put out this past year. I mean, with, with Iowa, you obviously uh-huh. had Jack Campbell and Van Ness and these guys, and you know, Illinois had the fifth pick in the entire draft with their corner, and, and they had a safety or two. So it really was impressive to see how well the Big Ten, I think, stood up uh, in terms of talent as, as far as what the, what the draft looked like, at least. They certainly did stand up well, and it, and it was impressive. Yeah, I mean, how about 1-11 Northwestern getting four yeah. players drafted? Yeah, you'd yeah. think they'd be a better football team. <laughs> team sport. Depth, man, it really is. It's depth. Yeah. They, that is one of the best coaches, I think, in all of college football, and I say it every single year because what he has and what he does normally, and now he's going to have down years too, but he is just amazing what he's been able to do with that program for so many years now where they, they compete at the highest level oftentimes in the Big Ten. I mean, they've, you know, they've, they've, they've really had some great teams over time, and now that we're starting to see some of those athletes get into the NFL. I think it also 
shows you just how much larger the scope has become for scouts, right, Pete? I mean, when when you were in college, did were there were there huge, you know, were the scouting staffs and NFL franchises as big as they are? Because it seems like now they have someone in every single city at every single game, all divisions, all over the place. Yeah. And they have to because there are kids at places like Sacramento State that people, most people don't even know as a football yeah. team. But they were extremely good last year, and that they had a linebacker who went pretty high in the draft. I think he went to New England, and there, there's and there's the St. Thomases and the St. Johns of the world as well, where you know these they they literally turn over every single rock, Dave. It's amazing how they they literally can cover the country as well as they do. And you and I have both stood on sidelines and watched and, and seen a lot of these regional scouts, the guys who live in Iowa, but then they will basically scout eight states around yeah. Iowa. And it's, yeah. it's an amazing, it's, it's a big business. We all know it. And it's a multi-billion dollar business and then some. So yeah, they really do put in all the time and, and money and effort into trying to get the very best players. And you, sir, have played more. Uh, I've done more standing around on the sidelines, both in my playing career and my uh, in my work career. <laughs> I've watched a lot of guys play, uh, some at the, in my own high school team. But that's another story for another time. All right, we'll take a quick break, step aside, come back with the final segment here on The Huddle. You're listening to 830 WCCO. Welcome back to The Huddle. If you've missed any of the show today, it will be – up on podcast momentarily. You can get them on the free Odyssey app. You can get them wherever you get your podcasts. We had Matthew Collar on in the first hour, Eric Westrom on in the second hour. Uh, Inside Twins is coming up next. They have Thad Levine today, the elusive Thad Levine on Inside Twins. Then you got pregame, and then it's a 110 first pitch for the Twins and the Royals. Uh, Pete, uh, I was just talking with Charlie about this really quickly. I saw this come through my feed. ESPN producer says Mel Kuyper Jr. should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, for decades, NFL draft analyst Mel Kuyper Jr. has been the face of draft coverage. Been in his role for four decades, la, 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 la. Uh, really? I mean, are we really going to just put anybody into the Pro Football Hall of Fame? What are your thoughts? <laughs> I will say this. Um, he is synonymous with now what yes. we were just talking about with the, with the draft because he's been doing it. I think I heard him actually say 40-something years he's been yeah. covering the draft. I mean, yeah. first of all, he looks fantastic for his age. <laughs> I wish I had his head of hair, I could tell you that. <laughs> but, he, <laughs> but, but, but he really is fun to listen to, right? I mean, the way he kind of colors things up and, and, and paints these players in different ways and so forth, I just think he, he is the draft for me, I think still. I, I know there's a lot of young guys who are trying to take his spot because everybody now has a guy who's somewhere standing out there telling us about the latest, greatest trades and what this, that, and the other. But he just really does the amazing work on the on the homework that he does. So I, I don't know. I know that too many people go to too many things like this, Hall of Fames, mm-hmm. but I think he is. I mean, for the, for the length of time that he's been on top of his game, I think he's pretty impressive. Hey, I wanted to ask you a quick question. What yeah. Is, we haven't talked at all about this because we, we, we finally got the Aaron Rodgers things done. Oh, and yeah. What did the Jets do for him? Well, they started off not really doing a lot. They, they, they started off kind of looking like like they were just going to go the, the Green Bay way. We're going to give you a defensive end. Well, Aaron probably wasn't happy about that. But then they no. went a Wisconsin center, and then they went Pitt. They got an offensive lineman, Pitt. They got a running back, and then they got a kid. Dave, you and I are going to be wondering where this kid came from, except for the fact that you and I are going to talk about him right now. Zach Kuntz, six mm-hmm. foot eight, two hundred and fifty-five pound tight end out of uh, Old Dominion. 
Now, yeah, holy six, cow. Eight, 255, he's got a 40-inch vertical and a 4540. So the kid who's 170 pounds runs the same 40 pretty much that we drafted in the first round as this freak show tight end <laughs> ran yeah. at the combine this year. So uh, just keep that in mind because I think he will be a splash. And play. Uh, He had 73 catches, not this year, the year before. He got hurt this yeah. year. But he was at the combine, and he is special, and he will be well, very I, I, interesting. And Aaron, I did find it. I did find it hilarious that they drafted no wide receivers, right? As as uh, and incredibly ironic. Neither did Green Bay. Um, I joked during the draft that they had to wait uh, so long for their picks because they had to run them each one of them by um, Aaron Rodgers first, just to make sure that they were okay. You know, I don't know much about the Zach Coons kid. I. I I would venture to wonder if he was a was he a transition athlete? I mean, did he play? Was he a basketball guy that turned a football late? Um, mm-hmm. But six seven two fifty five, and, and why not put a flyer on yeah. him? I mean, he only had twelve receptions and two touchdowns this year. But you know, he got hurt. He got hurt. He got hurt. So yeah. so, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what he does. I'm sure Aaron loves the pick. I'm sure he loves yeah. it. And if he doesn't love it, I'm sure we'll hear about it. Especially now that he's in New York. Especially now that he's in New York. All right. Well, it's a fun one today. Pete, thanks as always. Charlie, thanks as always. Remember, if you want to catch us, you can check us out. The podcast available wherever you get your podcast. Inside Twins coming up next. Have a great Sunday, everybody. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.